2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
0: Hi, I'm Zivi Owens and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zippy Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. And you can check it out on ZibiBooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zippy Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zippymag.com. We have classes at zippyclasses.com, And I recently opened a book Ajbahe Williams is the author of The Three of Us. Ore is a British-Nigerian writer and editor from North London who has written for Dem*, Glamour UK, and Wasafiri magazine. Her fiction writing has also been featured on Reflex Fiction. Her first novel, The Three of Us, was published in spring of 2023. Welcome, Ore. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss The Three of Us. I feel like we should get a third person in on this podcast so we can actually have it be the three of us, but it's okay. I could loop my daughter in if you want.
3: Annoying person though. Like earlier I was on the phone to two of my friends and um, one of them said something, something, there were three of us. And I was like,
0: the three of us. <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay. Well, let's start by tell listeners what your book is about please. Okay.
3: So the book asks the question of what would you do if your best friend and your partner hated each other? Um, So it's set over the course of one day and one afternoon and is told from the perspective of the wife, the husband and the best friend. And they are drinking a lot of wine and therefore they are saying a lot of things that they mean. (laughs) Um. (laughs) And essentially chaos ensues. The husband sees the wife one way, the best friend sees the wife another way. And these clashing opinions and then sort of a very unclear opinion that the wife has of herself, all come to a head under the influence of alcohol.
0: (laughs) Lovely. And how did you, like, where did this come from? Did you have an afternoon like this? This is based on people you know. (laughs) Thank goodness no. I think I would spontaneously combust if that happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Not the whole thing, but you know, just like an (laughs) afternoon with like, you know, uh, I don't know, a couple or I don't, I don't know. No, thankfully that hasn't happened
3: to me. Although when I was like um, handing out some books to booksellers, I told one of them the premise and she was like, oh, well, I don't get along with my partner's best friend. And I was like, oh dear, I'm sorry to have triggered you. I will (laughs) move on (laughs) now. Um, but no, I had started seeing somebody who I'm no longer seeing. Um, but I'd start seeing someone. And I was telling my best friend Grace, who the book is dedicated to, actually, um, about him. And I was like, Oh, I really like him. And she was like, Ugh, now you're gonna get a boyfriend, I'm never gonna see you. And I was like, no, no, no. He has to understand that you come first. And she was like, Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, and so it just got me thinking, like, huh, I wonder what would happen though if woman's or somebody's partner and best friend really did not get along and temi was the first person that i thought of and the first sort of character that came into my head and then we all just sort of flew from there but i thought of her from the wife's perspective and then by the time i'd sort of got to the end of the wife or the middle of the wife i was like mm, i don't want to be in her head for too long i want to know what everybody else has to say and so it all sort of came from there Wow.
0: Well, it's really unique (laughs) to have such a condensed timeline for a book. Um, How did you think of doing that? That's such a fun experiment and all that,
3: you know? Yeah, I think I just thought to myself, like with the wife, I was like, I don't want to be in anybody's head for too long. And also because there are flashbacks and things like that, I thought you kind of get some different elements of time in there as well. But I love the idea of that time being a pressure cooker Mm -hmm. and that you've got the fact that the wife in the bathroom is supposed to be on holiday and the fact that the husband and the wife want to have a baby and that Temi's been thinking for a long time that things are off between her and the friend and that the husband doesn't like that Temi is around so much and that all these things sort of come to a head on this one day. It's one of the questions actually that my, that Sally, my US editor asked, she was like, why this day? And I was like, I don't know. And she was <laughs> like, there has to be, She was like, there has to be something that may, means that everything sort of comes to a head on this day. So I was like, okay, you're right. Let me think about it a bit more. And so I did. And then that's how we got to where we are now.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, I have to say, so Temmy has a best friend who is always late. Did I get that right? Temmy, Temmy's best oh. friend is late, or is Temmy always late? Wait. Oh Temi. no! Well, yeah, Temmy's always late. Yeah. Okay. Temmy's Temi. always late, and her friend is sympathetic towards that, and it's just like, oh, she's always forty-five minutes late. This is just how she is. No big deal. And yeah. I am not tolerant of that at all. So I'm feeling like I immediately started feeling like, well, I am clearly not as nice as this character. <laughs>
3: Oh no, me and you are exactly the same. Honestly, I hate it so much. I particularly hate it when other people make me late. Like I'm running on time and then I'm waiting for somebody else. Yes, that too. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: (laughs) And I've had like such long conversations with people about this because to me, it's a sign of disrespect. It's like saying like my time is worth more than you, than your time. And it's like I understand that maybe everybody doesn't have the most amazing executive functioning skills, and perhaps it's a lack of, you know, it's like a disorganized thing in their own brains. But I, (laughs) I think it's intentional because, like, if it's really important, they'll get there, right? Exactly.
3: Honestly, you are speaking to my soul right now. (laughs) That's actually how I feel, and I actually once had a really big argument, (laughs) really big argument with said ex boyfriend actually about the fact that he was a lot late. He was like well over an hour late to a date that we had. And I was furious. Mm-hmm. I said to him, I was, I was not in a loud way, but I was kind of publicly, because we were in public, like telling him off. And I was just like, you're telling me that your time is more important than my time. And that is not fair. That shows you don't respect me. He was like, I do. I was like, no, if you did, you'd be more conscious of my time. He was like, it's not a big deal. I was like, it is a big deal. Oh my God.
0: I literally have had that conversation <laughs> with multiple ex people. <laughs> yeah. That literally, you could have just, Yeah like we could have pressed play on a scene in my life saying the exact words with the same intonations and all of that
3: maybe we can refine our facebook group so it's people who color coordinate their bookshelves and hate it when people are late
0: yes (laughs) we probably have other things in common those two things are pretty revealing i would say (laughs) oh my gosh so funny wait okay so Take me back through your life. Like, how did we get here? Where did you grow? Like, give me, go back and get me to here. Like, where'd you grow up? how did you become a writer? Okay.
3: Yeah, I'm going to do the whistle
0: stop. Otherwise, we'll be here until... Whistle stop. Yes, we only have half an hour. Whistle stop. I think
3: actually the genesis of why I'm a storyteller is because Nigerians love to gossip and I'm Nigerian. And so we just love to tell stories about other people and we don't know how to mind our own business. (laughs) And so so I think that's just always been a thing. Plus my parents were really vigilant about like making us go to the library, read my sister and I and get a new book and then take it home, read it that week, tell them what it was about. So like we had to actually read it. The blurb was not good enough. (laughs) Um, We're really good at that. And then English was just like my subject. I loved English. Um... And then kind of when I got to secondary school, I kind of fell out of love with reading because, you know, we're reading like Shakespeare and Of Mice and Men, which, you know, a period of time could be interesting to some people. But I think when you're reading it for school, those things just become very um, boring to you. Then when I was going and looking around universities to go to, I heard that there was like publishing and you could work in publishing and be an editor. And I was like, that's cool. I could do that. And that time I wasn't really I'd written some short stories and really terrible stuff um, years before. But I hadn't read anything really since i have been in school. And then when I was at uni, I think I wrote a little bit then, and then I got a job in publishing and I met a friend of mine who, she was at the time an editor as well. She's now an agent, but she said, I'd written something and I was just like, I'm just going to send it to you. You have good taste. And she read it. She was like, I think you should send it out to literary agents. And I was like, I don't think so. First of all, it's like 7,000 words. And second of all, no. <laughs> she was like, no, I think you should. And I think you should send it out to this person specifically as well. Like send it out to multiple people, but make sure you send it out to this one person. And that one person ended up being my agent. But hilariously, she signed me to the agency with a completely different book. Oh. This book was is many, many ideas down the line. And Bless her, she has been so patient with me. i <laughs> some, sent us some real bombs. But this one, thankfully, was like the one that worked. And she was really good at like doing edits with me before we sent it out and submitted it to publishers and everything. And then obviously I've just had like two of the best publishers ever, Sally Kim in the UK, and um, Sally Kim in the US and Jay Marashevich in the UK, who were just really good at like sharpening and honing the book and making it what it is now. So yeah, that is a Whistle Stop Tour. Otherwise, we will be here forever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love Sally Kim. She's great. She's so good. I got to know her originally through John Kenny. Do you know who he is? He's a Putnam mm-hmm. author. He's so funny. He wrote all these poems, like love poems for married people, love poems yeah. for people with kids, and they're hilarious. He won the humor prize and all that. Wow. Check it out. You should check him okay. out. But anyway, I went to an event at Books Magic Magic for him, and she was there, and I met her, and now I've probably run into her like 8,000 times um, in New York. <laughs> and like, <laughs> anyway, but she's great. She's really yeah.
2: She She's is really
0: She's wonderful. Wait, so did you the books that didn't end up coming out and that you sent your agent, was she just like, no, and then that was it? Or did you work on them or did you try to send them out and they didn't sell? Or like what ha- and why did you keep going?
3: That's a great question. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not like in a mean way. I mean, you know what I mean.
3: <laughs> no, but tell me. So the first one, I didn't actually end up finishing that writing that book. And then she sent me editorial notes and I read her editorial notes and read through the book and I was like, yeah, I don't like this anymore. And she was like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't really, I'm not really into this idea anymore. And she was like, okay, well, maybe you'll come back to it. And she says that every now and again. And I'm like, I'm not coming back to it. So you need to, you need to let that dream go. <laughs> but she, um, she was just patient with me. And I, I came up with multiple other ideas, but I think the problem with those ideas that I never finished, while I might finish at some point, but, um, The main problem with those is that I was working as an editor at the time. And I still was when I wrote this book. But during that time, I I had my editorial hat on. And I said, oh, these are books that sell. These are the kinds of books that sell. So I should try and write this kind of book.
0: Hmm.
3: And because of that, I wasn't writing books that I enjoyed writing. Mm -hmm. I was writing books that I was emotionally invested in or remotely really that interested in and so that reflected in the writing and the last thing I said to her before I sent her um the three of us I think I wrote 20,000 words and it was kind of it was a bit one day-ish, like one day by David Nichols kind of it was a bit like that and she read it and she was just like I don't get it and I was like it's 20,000 words do you want to give it another go <laughs> and she was just like no I don't get it and I was like okay fine back to the drawing board oh my gosh <laughs> and she was just like I just need a first draft. And I was like, me too. I also need a <laughs> <laughs> And so when this idea came, first of all, I had the pressure from her anyway to be like, get it done, get something done. But then also when this idea came, I was like, ooh, this works. This could be something. And so that, and also I was then doing NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. So I was like, this is a very specific way for me to get something done. And at least I'll have something resembling a novel at the end to send to her. And it just so happened that it ended up being good enough to center. <laughs> so <that was> <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. And in your editing work, what types of things are you like most proud of that you've edited or like what, and how did you use all that to help with the writing piece of your brain? And all? I mean, I know it's all related, but you know, how did those two, how did you marry those two things?
3: Ooh, how did I marry those two things? That's a good question. I think I thought it was kind of actually a rude awakening. I think I didn't really well, I think there was one thing I did do that's kind of married two things together. I don't like to over-describe.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I like to leave room for the readers to fill in the gaps and fill in the details that they want to fill in themselves. I don't like telling them every single detail. And so in books that I published and also books I like to read, that was really important. Um, books I like to read and write, I said, oh, this is important to me that I'm not doing too much over-describing. And so sometimes I'd write a sentence and I'd be like, Oh my god, that's disgusting! And I actually, have to delete it because <laughs> I'm like, I'm saying too much. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. But the thing that was a real rude awakening for me was actually doing the editing itself, because it it seems when you're an editor, and I'm sure this is with any job, when you're on one side of it, that seems like the hardest side to be on. Hmm. You think, just, I'm doing all the work. here. I'm doing all the legwork. Not to say that the person who writes the book isn't doing a lot of the work, but you think I don't have to take this book, and I have to be this person that they trust and that they respect, and they they you know they are entrusting their their book baby to, and I have to come up with some notes that are constructive, but also really make the book a lot better than it currently is. I also have to do it in a nice way and I have to balance my negative comments with my positive comments. <laughs> and so I thought I was doing brain type. I thought I was doing like brain surgery when I was doing being an editor, but as it turns out, being an author is harder, <laughs> at least comes it to the editorial process. Cause I know that editors don't just edit. They do so many other things as well, but I realized that not only do you get these notes and sometimes they are pages and pages and pages long, Um, but you get the notes and then you have to read them and you have to absorb them and accept them. And sometimes if you don't like some of them, you've got to take the time to get over yourself as well. And then you have to open up the book, figure out where to put these notes, add the things that you need to add in, delete the lines that you really love that they're like, "Mm, this line isn't funny or this line doesn't work. And then close it back up, read it, make sure it makes sense. And you have to do that like three or four times. And so that was a lot harder than I realized, and I, I gained a newfound respect for my authors during that process. And I was like, "This is actually way harder than I realized," and I'm so sorry that in my heart, even though not with my mouth, like in my heart, I thought that my job was way harder than yours <laughs> because you do a lot, and I respect you guys.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! I uh, so I actually wrote a novel myself, which is coming out in March of next oh, that's year. That's
3: exciting! That's
0: Thank you. But my editor came back with like pages of notes and. For so long, I just would not open them. I was like, I can't. I just can't face it. And then I like would. It's like I was like squinting to read them. Like you know, like can I read anymore? Is this going to be a big deal? <laughs> yeah. And one of the things I was just like, no, I totally disagree. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to fight for that one. But
3: yeah, yeah. But I that think about like having to um just wait a bit see how many pages are and then step back and be like, mm, I'm going to wait a minute to read these because you need to be in the right frame of mind. Because if you're having a bad day and then you open the editorial notes, you're going to be like, I hate you. And I wish I'd never signed that contract. <laughs> you need to wait to be in the right frame of mind before you open something up like that. And then um, find all the red and like all the things that they've deleted. or things like where they'd be like, Oh, can you make this funnier? And you're like, no, I'm going to delete it. <laughs> or they're like, can we bring out some more of this? Or can you add some tension? And you're like, well, how? Tell me how. <laughs> so I, I completely get you. What's the name of your novel that's coming out? It's called Blank. Oh, nice. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> it's immediately intriguing because you're like, what is blank? Who is blank? Why is blank? So I love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you'll have to find out a ways away. But I'm, I'm like soaking up knowledge from every novelist <laughs> it's it's all like so helpful to me personally. So this is very self-serving this whole podcast. uh...
1: Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash
0: pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So one thing about your book, too, is it's not too long. I mean, there are books that I have here that are like 800 pages, and this is like, oh, thank God. Do you know what I mean? like, Do you know how many words your book ended up being?
3: 47,000 something when it was, when I sent it first to my editor, to my agent, it was like 37,000, I think. Then when we did some edits and then we sent it out, it was like 42, maybe. Then they were like, Sally and Jacob were like, well, you need to bulk up, you need to add some words. I was like, cool. I got to 50. And then the next round of edits, they deleted like Three thousand words. I was like, "What did you do that for?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I just throw these words for you. i you know, deleted them, <laughs> but no, it was it was for the better. But I, I love a short novel. I love 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 short novels, and I just think in the age that we're living in, I mean, it's two things. It's one, my laziness, and two, <laughs> in the age we're living in, our attention spans are so short, and I don't think I could have stretched a whole day on for five hundred or. 300 pages I I think everybody including myself would have gotten very bored so I was like this needs to be short and sharp and sweet because that's what I like to read and I want something that I would like to read for other people to read so yeah
0: (laughs) I did the same thing by the way I handed it in at like 45,000 and I was like it's done here you go I I finished it. I finished it early. (laughs) And they were like, no, (laughs) add some words. And I'm like, adding words. (laughs) At one point, I was like talking to my kids about it. Finally, one of them, gosh, I wish I remember which one, but anyway, I'll ask them. They were like, wait, the acknowledgments, write the acknowledgments early. (laughs) Then you can count the words. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Oh that worked. It worked. It worked. Yeah. It oh, worked. nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Accepted. And then, like you said, deleted a bunch. So whatever. I don't even know how many words. I don't even know how many words. But it is funny. I just interviewed um Abraham Verghese, whose book is like, I mean, like you know, this big, right? Wow. And, and then I have your book. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding it up, but but when I talked to him, I was like, hey, you know, long book, you know, kind of question and he was like I love long novels and I don't like sort of getting into characters lives and then having it end I feel cheated like I want more like so 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 that was an interesting frame of mind whereas you know getting in and out you know
3: it's funny because I do love some really long books what's one that I read well this is ages ago now but have you read a book all heard of a book called the seven deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle Mm -mm. okay so it's like a it's a real page tiny oh yeah oh do you know what? Now that I'm thinking I think it actually looks quite small, so I feel a bit ridiculous, but... That does not look small. That does not, not look small. small. Yeah. Nope. And um, I when I saw that book, I was like, this is huge. I'm never going to be able to finish this. I read it in one day. When books are like really yes. page turning, yes. it, it's so easy. But when they're long and sweeping, and you've really got to immerse yourself in the world like a Game of Thrones or something like that. I could not, I did not read Game of Thrones in one sitting. I read it in many, 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 many sittings. And I've only read the first one, so... <laughs>
0: well, I, did, I didn't even read it, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, are you working on a new book now?
3: Yes, I am, and I was saying to someone the other day, second book syndrome is real, particularly second novel syndrome. That is literally what my book's about, by the way.
0: Oh, author oh, okay, then you're really... Yeah. Anyway, so keep going.
3: Like <laughs> PTSD from <Yes>. reading. <laughs> um, okay, that explains the blank. Okay, I get it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So it's been a journey to say the least, with book two. Oh no. (laughs) But but you know what? We are over the hump. The hump was about four or five months long, but we're over the hump now. So we just need to like really commit to it and get back into the rhythm of writing it. So that's good. But yeah, I am working on something new, which is exciting. I just need to make it work because I'm playing a bit with form throughout this book as well. And so I just need to make sure that it makes sense and it flows and it remains interesting. It's probably going to be another short one. A, because laziness and B, because attention spans, (laughs) mostly my own. Um, But yeah, working on something new, which is, um, which hopefully will be good. My friend yesterday was saying, oh, second books are always better than first books. And I was like, okay, I hope that's true for me. I really do. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Last night, I went to, um, well, I don't know when this comes out, but the Aspen Words Literary Prize ceremony. And someone was asked, oh, no, maybe, well, anyway, Angie Cruz was answering about following up a book with another. And she said that she feels a lot of freedom because once she has a book that does well or that she feels really proud of, she's sort of like checked it off the list. So she's free to experiment with something that maybe won't work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point, actually. And I hadn't thought about things like that, so. No,
3: no, no, we always think of it as like, you've achieved this much, now so you have to like surpass it. But I saw something earlier on, uh, I was going through Instagram, I was like, why is everybody trying to overachieve? What's wrong with being average? And I was like, you know what, that's true. Sometimes it's nice to be <laughs> <laughs> The effort of being like an overachiever or high achiever is too much to, to be consistent about. Like sometimes we just need to take a breather with everything going on in the world. Sometimes it's just nice to be average and be normal and just achieve
0: regular things. <laughs> but I know that's not how you actually feel.
3: No, it's not. (laughs) I wish I did. I really wish I did. It would be so much easier, but unfortunately I don't.
0: (laughs) Okay. So where else do you apply perfectionism? Like, are you really neat? Is it your calendar? Where does perfectionism aside from the the shelves? Yeah. Aside from the shelf. Okay.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Obviously
0: the bookshelves love our color
3: coordinated (laughs) bookshelves. Communal spaces. So thankfully my, my flatmate I live with, who's also my friend, she's very clean and tidy. So that's fine. Like communal spaces are always kept very tidy. And I really appreciate that because sometimes, you know, we've lived with people. I mean, I hope no one I went to university, who knows I'm talking about them listens to this, but (laughs) I went to university with who weren't female. They were not super (laughs) clean. And so uh, living with people like that, it becomes like, oh my gosh, I can't believe really I have to live like this. And then you have people over and you're like, oh my gosh, my house looks so gross, but it's not my fault. So communal areas in the home, um, bookshelves. Yes. My room. So because it's not a communal area, <laughs> I like to keep it clean, but it's not always tidy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're in a rush and you're doing something and I don't know if you have this chair in your room I and mean, if you have one of these chairs in your bedroom that is supposed to be like for you to sit and read in or for you to relax in. But what it becomes is a clothes chair so that when you're done with a certain number of clothes, we are like, oh, I've worn it for like two hours. I could wear it again. You just chuck it on the chair and you don't put it away. I had a chair in my room that I hadn't seen for maybe like seven months. Um, because... <laughs> <laughs> but recently I have become I've been on a mission for the last actually since the beginning of this year to keep that chair clean and free of things. And I have so far. So I'm very proud of that. I'm unsure about how long it will last, but for now it's going
0: well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Amazing. And you live in London now. Is that right? You're still in London. So what, what's your life like when you're not at your desk or, you know, near these beautiful shelves? I call myself a professional
3: luncher. I like to go to lunch. Um, I like having people around or going out to lunch. I'm trying to be, in addition to like doing some freelance editing as well, I'm trying to be, Well, my friend recently was saying to me, like, what's a hobby that you do? And I was like, writing. And she was like, not a hobby that you get paid for. And I was like, oh, interesting. I don't have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm trying to get more into like roller skating, um, which I really enjoy. Yeah. But it's very easy to embarrass yourself doing. So I'm trying to let go of the like embarrassing yourself thing. But again, the perfectionist in me is like, "Mm, no, we can't do that. Um, So (laughs) I'm trying to do that to go to and see some more films because I really love watching films. And a few friends and I, we do like an Oscars ballot every year. So we watch the Academy Awards and then we tick off who's won. I've only won once, but it was a very <laughs> triumphant year for me. And it was the year that Parasite like, won Best Picture and I felt so oh, proud. So really wow.
0: Won. Yeah. Yeah, I did not see that one coming.
3: Well, I was like, I think I'm the smartest person who ever existed. And they were like, mm, no, you just guessed. <laughs> 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 but, and I did things like that. And traveling. I love traveling as well. And last year I traveled a lot. And um, actually a friend and I just booked flights to go to Japan and South Korea towards the end of this year. So I'm, I'm going really to Japan. Busy. Oh my gosh. When are you going? We're going in June. When are you going? Oh, I'm going in November. Oh. Okay. But when you come back, you have to give me all the recommendations that you've got, please.
0: Well, my itinerary is led by my eight-year-old. So we're going to like all the <laughs> n- Nintendo places and like oh, Pokemon man. cafes and like, you know. <laughs> It might you might want a slightly different itinerary. I'm letting him like run the show, uh, which is probably so a huge mistake. Yeah, he's very excited. He has us doing so many things. I, I was like, <laughs> we should go to Kyoto, we should explore the country. And then he gave me all the things and I went on all the websites and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how we're gonna fit this all in. <laughs> what are you going for? Just in Tokyo. We can only go for about five days. Okay. So we'll be running around like crazy. Um, and it will probably be a total nightmare. But yeah. And, <laughs> and, you, but South Korea, and you're going to South Korea after? Yes. Yeah. Which that's, um, sense. that's next on his list. So,
3: <laughs> oh, I'll come back with the recommendations for you. There we go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've actually, uh, we, his, his latest pastime is the State Department of the United States, like, has a thing where you put in the country name and it tells you, uh, like, one through four, how safe it is. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So we're like, redo, like, four is like, do not go there no matter what, you know? And three is, like, rethink your decision. And two is, like, proceed with caution. And one is, like, all clear. So I was like, let's just go to all clear for a while. You know, like, let's just, if we have all these countries. (laughs) Exactly. Especially with young children. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. He's like, (laughs) how about Azerbaijan? Look that up. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, anyway, but travel is so fun. Well, yes, I will let you know if we if we go anywhere that is remotely something I would recommend to a, another grown-up. <laughs> Thanks. I will let you know. <laughs> Amazing.
3: Any advice for aspiring authors? Oh, this is the one thing I parrot to anybody who asks. Don't write to make money. Don't write because you want to be rich. A, because you cannot predict that. And B, because you'll be miserable. Write because you love it and write something that you love because the passion for that and how interested you are in that will be reflected in the book and the quality of the book. And also you just have a lot more fun. Plus you're going to have to talk about that book for at least two years. So you should really make sure you write something that you like, you really, really like. <laughs> um, and that you, yeah, that you enjoy Not every single part of writing is enjoyable. That's, that's, that's definitely not. But I think to write something that you enjoy and to enjoy part of the process at least, I think is important. And to make sure that you still have that love for storytelling as well and also just be patient with yourself and gracious. People say this all the time, Rome wasn't built in a day. Nothing nothing amazing happens just like that suddenly. There's loads of work that goes into it behind the scenes. So, um be kind to yourself and don't think that you have to write a million copy bestseller in 2 months because it's not possible. <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. Some people do do that, but they're like very seasoned writers and that's their whole that's their whole vibe. So, but yeah, just be kind to yourself and patient and write because you love it not because you think you're going to achieve a certain thing just right because you love it. And that will be reflected in the work as well.
0: I love that. So great. <laughs> I need to just take everyone's advice and put it in one podcast. Like here's everybody's yeah. advice and just go. If I had the time, I would do that anyway. Cause that is great advice. All right. Thank you so much. I had so much fun chatting with you. I hope I get to meet you in real life at some point. That would be really fun. Also, I just wanted to say, like, everything you're doing is incredible.
3: Like, the, the publishing house, the podcast, the magazine, everything is just fantastic. And it's such like a rich resource for not only like readers and writers, but just for anyone. And it's amazing that you built this whole thing. And um, I really appreciate it. I know that I'm not the only one who does. So thank you so much, because I know that it's, it's not an easy thing to do that many things at <laughs> once but you do it really well. So thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. That will fuel me through the next uh, time when I'm like, I have something I can't deal with all this anymore. (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, hopefully to be continued at some point. Yes, definitely. All right. Take Take care. care. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.